All right, I got my coffee flowing through my veins. Now I'm ready to go. I just finished my coffee. It's kind of a problem, but we'll survive. You'll get through it. Here we go. Que pasa, todos? Bienvenido del nuevo podcast de Formula America. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was better I'm than I expected. I've been practicing since uh, for three days since we didn't do the the review. Which <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about <laughs> the Mexican Grand Prix that just took place this weekend. And before we start, I got two things. First off, we weren't here last week for the preview because Dylan was a little sick, so Dylan's yeah, the, better. The COVID's got me. Sorry, that will happen. But he's back. We did put our predictions out on the Instagram. Uh, you know, mine weren't very good, but we'll get into that. And then, number two, I would like to issue a slight apology to the country of Mexico. Uh, I was very critical of the Mexican Grand Prix leading up to this. And, you know, for somewhat good reason, I said that this race is probably going to suck because it's always a boring race. I don't like the track layout. I think it's kind of clumsy and just doesn't make sense. And Mexico delivered this weekend. It was awesome in my opinion that was a great race it so was. i am and sorry the funny thing is is like i don't even have that many notes there's just constant battles going on everywhere yeah it, it was time. almost like like a movie storyline because you have the hero at the beginning who's just immediately knocked out <laughs> and then there's like this crescendo kind of like in the middle with the red flag and kevin magnuson but there's like before that like in the 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 first part of the race, there's the story. You got Lando Norris. You got just drama happening all over the track. And then the resurgence of Norris at the end. There was something going on at all times throughout this race. Yeah. And it it actually delivered. It was amazing. It was a ton of fun. We were both just talking about how much uh, we want to go back. Yes, that was, I, I think for nothing else, the atmosphere. Yeah. It was like going to the race in Coda, it's awesome. It's a good racetrack. It's a good vibe. But the atmosphere in Mexico is absolutely electric. And it's not just at the racetrack. It was the entire city. And it was one of the best times of my life. It was awesome. It so was definitely so much get down fun. There. And the food was so good. Oh, oh yeah. Just everything. Man. Um, dude, let's get into it, though. This weekend was, was kind of action-packed the whole time. We had... What, two free practices with Alex Albon being in P2 looking lightning fast? And nobody could understand why, because no. they were not projected to be fast this weekend. But that car was just on it for the practice sessions, at least. Yeah, yeah it was looking good. Uh, we had quite a few kind of wipeouts during practice. Nothing too crazy or over the top. And, uh, you know, quality starts and it's just kind of mayhem. Q1 was... Q1 was doing what Q1 does until uh, Fernando Alonso decided to spin it around right after the start, right after turn <laughs> one and uh, hose half the field. Yeah, it, what was wild to me on that was that McLaren, for some reason, did not come out with everybody else. They just, they just met, dropped the ball. I don't know what the reasoning was. Maybe there was a legitimate reason. But they only allowed their drivers a, a little bit of time to get a time on the board. And we saw right away... Lando messed up his lap and had, he almost spun out. So he had to call that lap off uh, and then I think do a recharge and then go back for a flyer at the very end, leaving him just enough time for that last. Luckily, Oscar was able to get in a good lap time, so he didn't have to worry. But man, Lando was just left to, left out to dry, man, flapping in the wind. And once Fernando Alonso spun out, he hosed a lot of people, Lando Norris included. Yeah, he really did. I, I don't know what McLaren was thinking. And I mean, I think that you saw quite a few like signs and uh, 
And Lewis came out in Q1 on mediums. I think everyone was trying to manage their tire allocations and have a lot of options left for Sunday. But uh, And so the only thing I can really think of is that McLaren was not sending Lando out early so that he didn't waste a set of tires so that you know he'd have more options on Sunday. But that was a bad move by them. Lando would have absolutely been on the podium this weekend if he had qualified like he usually does it that was just stupid by mclaren but it got called out it it was and i think at this track maybe it's it's not as high likelihood of safety cars like at some of the other tracks and honestly where fernando spun out was kind of even the commentators like that's kind of a an not a normal spot that somebody would spin out on a track like this especially somebody like alonzo but it just goes to show he was not comfortable in that car all weekend and you know it you saw what happened for the rest of the the weekend as well and it's just that Aston Martin man has taken a nosedive like to the point where i don't even know if all the other teams are out developing them so much as they've just gone backwards it's i'm not it's sure not good. if they're taking a nosedive or is or if someone big daddy stroll is sabotaging alonzo's car to stop making lance look so bad <laughs> Because Lance Maybe. is kind of doing as per Lance, like, you know, nothing he hasn't improved, hasn't gotten worse. It's just Alonzo that's get, gotten a whole lot worse. He's DNF now two races in a row. Kind of wondering if some there's not some trickery going on here to to help Lance look a little better. <laughs> Dylan's putting on his tinfoil hat over there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that it was not Alonzo's weekend uh, nope. at all. So then Q1, we end up losing uh, Lando Norris, Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, Kevin Magnuson, and Esteban Ocon. Yeah. Yep. But let's not forget that we had Danny Rick sitting in P2 for a little while during Q1, which was like, what? We did. I was what? extremely cautiously optimistic because yes. like it's only Q1. Let's not look into this too much. But also, I was like, yeah, going to do it. And we roll know, he, into Q2 and uh we find out that Yuki was cuz so Yuki got new power unit and gearbox, so 20 place get grid penalty. We find out in Q2 that Yuki was giving Danny a tow around the track so you're like ah you know because danny's back up there in like p3 during q2 and you're like uh-oh this yeah. is getting interesting and and uh oh wait yuki was giving him a toe but uh um, hey, what whatever it takes we'll take it but q2 nothing crazy alonzo or gasly hulkenberg alonzo albon and sonoda all go out um so now we have both williams out both hosses out both alpines out both astons out Kind of, yep. you know, our typical, you know, bottom of the half. Bottom kind of, half. with the exception, though, of the Alfa Romeos, both getting through yes. to Q3, which is, like, surprising. Because Alfa Romeo has been, I, I think the best way to think about it is just anonymous or forgettable yeah. this entire season. They haven't been anywhere. They're never on TV because they're always at the back of the pack doing whatever they're doing. And here they are both in Q3, which is kind of surprising. I was laughing. Uh, someone did one of the sh- camera shots was an overhead of Botas, and I never really pay attention to that much. But I noticed this time the the steering wheel for the Alfa Romeo looks like it's cheaply made. Like <laughs> the 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 Red Bull steering wheel looks super cool. I hate the rental steering wheel. The way they do the buttons down the side, 
Yeah. And uh, you have the Williams steering wheel, which it doesn't have the screen on it, which I actually might be kind of nice. But, you know, and then I saw the 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 Alfa Romeo steering wheel and I was like, that looks like a toy steering wheel. It looks <laughs> you got it from Best Buy. So cheap, <laughs> like compared to compared to all the other ones. I, like the screen was a little bit smaller and it had like one of those borders around it, like an old school TV. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a shitty looking steering wheel over there, Alfa Romeo. <laughs> like, but yeah, they made it through. Um, pretty, yeah, Alonzo going out. This is not a track or a car set up for him, apparently. And Albon, I think everyone was a little bit surprised about uh, with how yeah. well they looked during practice. Yeah, he wasn't happy. He came over and said it, it felt like a completely different car. He kept have, uh, asking them to check for damage or, you know, thinking maybe parts were changed or something. And it just, uh, I think one thing I, I heard on the interview yesterday was that the tires had fallen out of the temperature window and he couldn't get them back in the window. And because of that, it felt and performed like a completely different car, like he was saying. Um, but yeah, he just, from what we saw the day before, his quality times were slower than his fastest time in practice, yeah. which is wild. And yeah, then it's crazy. the other big surprise for Q3 was out of nowhere, the Ferraris just put it P1 and P2 back to back. They had been anonymous all weekend. Like they yeah. did not look like they were going to be fast whatsoever. We had Danny Rick up in P. I at one point, so everyone did their first round of laps. Max is in P1. Danny, I think, was like P3. And I was like, this. Honestly, maybe not pole position, but like P2, P3, P4 is anyone's ball game. I was like, the the Ferraris are always kind of fast. Uh, I was like, you got Lewis and George, that Mercedes is fast around here. You got Oscar Piastri, that Mercedes is fast. It's like Danny Rick is making a show right now. I was like, honestly, the top five could be anyone's game. And then both Ferraris throw it in one, two, and no one improves. Everybody else yellows like every freaking sector. And it's like, what the hell just am I taking crazy pills? What just happened? <laughs> I think even they showed a shot of Fred Vasseur on the sidewall, and you could kind of see the surprise in his face. He's like, we'll take it, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think anybody understood what just happened. And that How was did nobody improve. That was crazy. And then also with all the investigations that started over yeah. uh quality from all the cars sitting in the pit lane some of them kind of going over the line that uh, technically they're on the track now so they're you know not meeting the minimum track times and i don't know how many investigations there were but for a second there i was looking at the teams or the names and i was like danny rick's not one of them yeah if people start getting penalties he could find himself on p1 he could find <laughs> himself on pole if he's not careful but that i think they came out yeah i think all of them ended up being essentially nothing happened to him except for well, Logan Sargent, I think he got a penalty for something, but he was, you know, didn't even get a lap time in anyways. He had to beg to be in the race to begin with, so it <laughs> didn't matter for him. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so Logan Sargent didn't get a time in, and the way it goes is if you are, I, I, you put me on the spot, I don't have the regulations in front of me, but there's a certain amount of time you have to be from, I think, is either P1 or the slowest car, whatever it is, there's a certain amount of time that you have to be away from that. And if you don't meet that, you don't qualify for the race. So you basically have to go to the stewards and be like, please let me race. <laughs> and, and they sit there with their, you know, their staff and be like, you shall not pass. Or like In this case, they grant him the, the opportunity to race. But it's a safety thing. If somebody is so slow that they can't, that they're just, you know, they're safety risk to everybody else. So that's why you're not yeah. allowed to race if you're that slow. 
But Logan Sargent is apparently not that slow because he scored points last week. Kind of uh, asterisk. <laughs> it counts. I think it, it was counts. funny. A little tangent. I think it's funny. You could tell Williams had all of their marketing and all their posts ready to go for when he finally scored points because as soon as that penalty came through for Lewis and Charlotte Claire and he was promoted, their social media was flooded with first American <laughs> driver in 30 years. Logan Sargent scored points. They had like a whole video montage ready to go. It's so funny. I got to say, Williams, uh, whoever's running that social media plus James Vows is awesome. Oh, for sure. I have a newfound respect for that team, mainly because of James Vowles and yeah, the like debriefs that he does, the breakdowns that he does. It helps you understand so much more the thinking and the, the mindset that goes into uh, decisions. Yes. All right. Race day. Everyone is on mediums except for Lando Norris down in P17 on softs. <laughs> right. Kind of weird, yeah. weird call, Which, but all right. We'll see what happens. And now we'll we've got Lance Stroll. For the second week in a row, starting from the pits, because they decided to do what they did with Alonzo last week and revert his car to the Qatar spec. So they changed all, almost the entire car back to the Qatar spec. So since that was inside of Park Ferme uh, and they touched the car, he had to start from the pit lane two weeks in a row. What yeah. is going on, Aston Martin? They can't figure out. It, what it reminds me of is when I used to work on my cars and like always built my cars and did things. But my knowledge was only so deep. Yeah. And whenever a problem exceeded my knowledge and I couldn't figure it out and I would just like start buying random parts and putting it on and hoping that it fixes like, oh, try a fuel filter, maybe new spark plugs, like just throwing money at the problem. That's almost like what they're doing now. It's like they can't figure out what to do. They're just like throw everything at it and see what sticks. Yeah, I completely agree. That's perfect analogy, too, because that's what I used to do. <laughs> I changed the turbo on my truck in my apartment parking lot. And couldn't figure out why the truck wouldn't start afterwards. Was like, uh, and in hindsight, I'm like, I didn't know my head from my ass on what I was doing on that. I was just putting shit together. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure I remember that. That was in North Carolina. Yeah, it was. All right. So we go lights out, and Max Verstappen immediately splits the Ferraris. Is in P1. Like, holy crap! What a start by Max. What a start by both the Red Bulls. That was and a me. God. Anyways, Checo goes yes. from P5 to P2. Like, he's in front of Leclerc. It's a long, long straightaway down to turn one. Max is solidly P1. And he just, like, you're not even in the turn yet. He was still in the straightaway, just turns into Leclerc and takes himself out. Like, I don't, I, that, what? This to me. Hold on. Let me clear my throat for this one. This to me was the most predictable outcome of any move the entire year. As soon as you see him start to go to the outside, you can see what's about to happen. Yeah. Everybody could see what was about to happen except for Checo for some reason. Checo's been in this sport almost 12 years now, I think. Yeah. He is far too experienced to be doing something like this, especially in his precarious spot on the team right now in front of a home crowd. And he's just going to go to the outside and think for some reason he's going to get in first place in this first turn. And like Charlotte Claire and Max Verstappen don't even exist. It almost looked like he was trying to turn in and hit the apex of the turn while he had two cars right next to him. Yeah. And so it was the most predictable move I've seen all year or most predictable outcome I've seen all year. It was it was wild that he would go for that. It was mind boggling that he turned in that early. 
Why would you not go around the outside? It, why? Why would the, you? Like, I don't understand where his head was. And then, honestly, and I get it. You're in front of your home crowd, and he is probably absolutely crushed. Because he got out-qualified by Danny Ricardo and uh, just took himself out of his home race at turn one. Um, but to be like, oh, I think it was a racing incident. No, it was a Checo incident turning into the car next to you. Like, right. I, I think for me, it shows. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was. And for me, it shows the desperation and the pressure that Checo's under. Because like you said, he just got out-qualified by Danny Rick who by all accounts and by everybody's reports is there to put pressure on Checo Perez and is the heir apparent to that number two seat at Red Bull if he messes up. So he just got out qualified by him. He's in front of the home crowd. He wants to put on a good show for Christian Horner and all the Mexican fans. And then he goes and for some reason throws every bit of caution to the wind and sees a little bit of daylight and thinks, I'm going to come out of this P1 and I'm going to be the hero and winds up being the absolute zero completely just destroys his race and is out of the out of the race didn't even make just, it past turn one just ridiculous i mean that <laughs> oh, man <clears throat> I, I i could i so we talk about the atmosphere at that track and i can only imagine that you could just feel the soul of everybody just collectively disappear when that happened because it was i mean like you said there's that one shot of the kid that was in tears in the yeah. stands his dad's just trying to rub his back and console him like you just you embarrassed yourself and a lot of other people in one that moment. was really embarrassing on his part like and it's and they were saying the commentators were saying it all weekend like at your home race you, there's not more pressure everyone puts enough pressure on themselves the highs are highs and the lows are lower and i bet that was really low for yep. him that's and I, that's going to be hard to come back from Oh, for sure. And the, the other thing that you keep hearing is you always hear that quote of you can't win the race in the first turn, but you could definitely lose it. And after that, you know, we started hearing it a lot more. And he was a perfect example of what can happen in turn one. Why wouldn't you just back off? Right. Just concede just a little the bit outside. You're in P3, maybe P4. You've got the fastest car on the track. You're going to pass these guys. Right. Yeah. I think he in my opinion, he wanted to. He knew that his only shot at winning was to get ahead of Max. And he was willing to risk it all for that, and he did. And well, and that, to me, that shows his immaturity. Then, if you think that you're going to beat Max Verstappen, you think that Ch Christian Horner is going to let you beat Max Verstappen. You're you're smoking crack. Like your goal here is P two. Exactly. That's it. That's it. It's absolutely ridiculous. I, I yeah, that that was why I that just took all the excitement. I was actually rooting for Checo to have a good race. Yes, I, I wanted too. to see it, and it just took. All of like I was deflated after that. It took a few I, laps for me to come back. I wanted him on the podium. I wanted the yeah. crowd going crazy. Checo on the podium. That that would have been awesome. But God, what an idiot! So all right. Anyways, so, Leclerc damage on the front wing takes off the front end plate. Um, just kind of ridiculous. And, uh, you know, kind of start racing. We go a couple of laps, get a VSC because Leclerc's end plate falls off and we got to go get the piece of carbon off the, <laughs> off the track. Um, and, and then we kind of just got to racing. Uh, I wrote down by lap 11, Hamilton passed Ricardo, but man, was he making it hard. That yeah. Alpha Tauri's upgrades worked here. 
Sonoda looked pretty good. He was way out in the back uh, because of the penalty, but like that, the AlphaTauri looked good. That Mercedes had to work to pass it. He did. That AlphaTauri was looking good too. And yeah, it was it was funny to see. Like it took him a while to get past him, but once he did, within two laps, he was already out of DRS range. But man, yeah. it was like you said, he worked for it. It wasn't easy. And Lewis knew he had to get past Danny quick if he wanted to have any shot of fighting up there and maybe, maybe catching up to Max. Yeah. But Danny didn't give it to him. No, no, he didn't. Uh, lap 14, I was amazed. Signs, radio, they came over and they're like, we're thinking plan A. I was like, oh my gosh, Ferrari's got a plan A that survived <laughs> the first lap? What? Usually we're on F by now. <laughs> I was amazed this whole weekend at the Ferrari radio. Everything came through very clear. There was no coding. They even at one point were like, hey, we think the one stop's the best strategy here. What do you think? Like yeah. after last week, there must have been a debrief of like, we we suck. Why are we being so cryptic? Like, can <laughs> we just be clear and concise on the radio? And they yeah. were the whole radio or whole race. Very impressive. And it worked well. They had a car on the podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, funny how that works. Um, man, I don't really have a whole lot else on the notes section to, until KMAG's crash. Like, there's just good battles kind of all over the place as uh, the, you know, Piastri got past George Russell, Lewis Hamilton racing with the Ferraris and the pit stops. You had Norris moving through the field. You had Sonoda moving through the field. A lot of just good stuff on track. You did. And you had, uh, like, Lap 21, I, you got to see how Ricardo had passed, or Piastri was, looked like he was catching up to Danny, but then Danny just held that gap. Ricardo was about two and a half seconds, two seconds, and was not gaining any on Danny. So at first, you're like, is this kind of a pipe dream? You know, Danny is up there in P4, starting in P4. Will he be able to hang on? And then you're seeing, like, yeah, Oscar can't really catch him. This is actually a real pace of this car. And yeah. so that was super exciting to see. Um, and then, yeah. You know, lap 30, they showed the kid in the pit or in the, the stand that was crying and just kind of pulling at heartstrings. And I hope Checo saw it. I hope. <laughs> I hope he, look at what you did, Checo. <laughs> Get back um, in the car. But yeah, honestly, it was kind of like you. the funnest part of that was watching Norris because Norris was on a tear. He was going, he just was. blowing by people. He wasn't wasting any time. He wasn't, you know, getting behind and being indecisive. He was making good choices, picking his times to pass, making it stick and moving on with the show. And that was awesome. And it wasn't all DRS zone passing either. He was passing in the corners. Like he yeah. was hell bent on getting higher up there. And it wasn't even like it was a copy and paste every time. It's like, oh, I know this worked last time because he's going on the inside of a turn on one lap. And next time he's going to the outside or a different part of the track. So you got to see Lando Norris's racecraft. And man, that guy is impressive and has a super bright future. As whenever he has a full season with a car like this, it's going to be incredible yeah. to watch. Oh, I completely agree. He needs a win. Yeah. Um, and a 33 K mags crash, dude, that was a hell of a crash. And I saw on the replay this morning, it was the left rear tire, which just goes out of frame. When you get that back shot of them coming around and all of a sudden he turns hard left, like straight into the wall, the rear suspension broke and that left tire was turned. Um, you could actually see it as it came across the frame right before that left rear tire goes off frame. You all of a sudden see it go sideways, the rear one. And that's when the whole car turns sideways and goes straight into the wall. Um, man, that's gotta and, be a super helpless feeling 
when you know you did nothing wrong and next thing you know you're going the opposite direction from where you intended to go and going straight to the wall and it was funny because k-mac hopped out of that car fast and was over the barriers he wanted to be nowhere on that track like yeah and i thought that was kind of like, irritating shaking his hands and then he sat down on the barrier and then got down on the ground like you could tell it 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 rung his bell a little bit yeah uh, he had he mentioned something later about it hit his hands pretty hard uh luckily it didn't seem like anything was broken he said he can't wait to get back on track in brazil but that could have been bad i bet that was some adrenaline too oh for sure and a lot of confusion (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh safety car turned into a red flag that safety car too sealed the deal for max he came in through that fresh set of hards on. And it was like, bye-bye. Yep. You're riding that, off into the distance. My, my biggest takeaway from this was once you saw the crash and they kind of showed the, the, the view from the car and you got to see the barriers were damaged, you could almost guarantee that it was going to be a red flag. Yeah. And so the decision to pit, I, I know that uh, Norris and Albon or uh, McLaren and Williams saw that too. I understand why they would just in the event that it isn't going to be a red flag that they will just clean it up. You want them kind of, you know, cover that off by pitting, but man, Norris lost out when he pitted, you know, Norris went from P eight to P 10 Albon dropped from P nine to P 12. Yeah. Could you imagine if Norris would have just held off and, and not then on that there? restart, he lost so many positions. He did. Yeah. And I mean, on no fault of his own, he didn't get the greatest start, but he was avoiding collisions and crashes. And unlike Checo, he just kind of kept the car alive to keep fighting. And and, I mean, he dropped down to like what P16 at the restart. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, it it wasn't good. And man, I just think about what could have happened. But again, we get to see Lando Norris on a rampage after that. Like the fire was reignited and he was just blowing through the pack. Yeah, he really was, and it was fun. He caught up to Piastri, and you know, kudos to McLaren because as Lando caught Piastri, you know, they called and they were like, "Hey, you need to." They called Piastri and were like, "If this is your pace, we're gonna let Lando by. Like, you need to get a half a second more." And it was like six turns later, Lando blew by him, and yeah. you know, definitely on team orders. But how could you not if you're McLaren? Like Lando's on a tear like that. He is taking a half a second a lap out of the team out of your teammate. Like, yeah, move over. Yeah. It's honestly this whole weekend was kind of an off weekend for Oscar Piastri, anyways. You know, he had a too. What's going I know on? he had he had a couple good weekends where people were like, hey, you know, Oscar is really pushing and really uh challenging Lando. But I think then kind of Lando stepped it up. And then those are probably just tracks that, you know, were more favorable to Oscar. Not knocking him. Oscar's still a phenomenal driver. He's going to be the next great thing, and he's an all, the best rookie by far. But it just goes to show you, you know, Lando is a phenomenal driver, and yeah, you know, you got to step aside every now and then and let him go by. Yeah, absolutely. That was a ton of fun. Uh, lap forty-eight, we got Alonzo retiring, uh, and the retirement kind of started to to happen at this point. My almost, I almost did a wild card. Uh, last week, my wild card was almost that we were going to have like four or five DNFs. And I was like, no, that's dumb. That never happens in Mexico. <laughs> but good God, what yeah. happened? I don't know, man. And it's just, again, it's just a bad couple weeks, couple, well, a, a lot of weeks for uh, Aston Martin. But man, these past two weeks have been really bad for those guys. It's just the hits keep coming. Yeah. 
I was laughing at about this time the Ferrari came over the radio and they were like, we expect the hards to be faster than the mediums in five laps. And yeah, Lewis just kept pulling away from the Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> like that, it wasn't happening. That didn't happen. Uh, and then we got lap 49 when they show Sonoda and Piastri, oh, the first contact. And then immediately after that, they show the second contact, which was almost a carbon copy of turn one, lap one with Checo. Yeah. And just like, Yuki, what are you doing? You're fighting in the points. This is on track to be the biggest Double points haul. points finish. I, and you're down there like you, Alpha Tower needs these points. All yeah. you have to do is just keep it clean. Like you're already in the points. You guys are going to get more points. I think they had 10 points coming into this race as a whole. And so you're going to, you're on track to blow that out of the water and then makes a stupid, stupid move and then spins out in turn one, just like Checo. Man, that was wild. It was it really DC was kind of calling him out too. You saw like as he was spinning around, he was throwing his hands up and you know throwing a wall-eyed fit, and it, it just kind of shows I think where uh, Yuki's head was at. Not, not a good showing for him at all. Uh, he's got to be feeling the pressure a lot uh, with yeah. how well Liam Lawson did, with how well Danny's doing right now. I bet Yuki's feeling it. Yeah, he he really is, and it's. He needs to probably get in the same, uh, like, psychiatrist, or not psych. He, he needs to talk to the same uh, therapist that Checo's been talking to. Because honestly, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It, it is. It's a ton of pressure when you're being outperformed by teammates, by a brand new teammate, you know. So he needs to do something, clear his head, reset himself, and move on. But man, that was not good. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, and then we got Lance Stroll going out, lap 68 which is just, you know, Lance Stroll doing Lance Stroll things. That's uh, the exact thing I wrote down. Stroll doing Stroll things. Like, in the middle, just, I mean, what a show for everybody sitting there in the stands, right? They get barely any action, just a couple cars slowly going through that little, you know, stadium section. And yep. then now you got Lance Stroll spinning out. But yeah, that was dumb. That was just typical Stroll right there. It was. And I mean, that's basically the race. We had Max Verstappen winning by 14 seconds. Damn it. Wild card. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, well-deserved second place. Leclerc on yeah. third, great race. Uh, signs Norris in fifth place ahead of George Russell, which, damn. Danny Rick in seven, Oscar eight, Albon nine, and Esteban Ocon rounding out the top ten. Phenomenal, phenomenal oh, yeah. race. A couple more laps. Danny was probably going to get by or at least give a lot more trouble to George Russell, too, which is awesome. But, yeah. yeah. Super, super exciting race, man. Out of nowhere, too. I loved it. Heroes and Zeros? Let's do the Heroes and Zeros. This was an easy, probably the easiest Heroes and Zeros I've had all year, yeah. especially for the Zeros. There's like, yeah. I'm having to knock people off and be like, you're not zero-y enough for the Zero Club this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, what did you settle on? All right, well, my first, I think it goes without saying, Checo Perez, Checo. what are you doing, my guy? Like, I, I think we've beat him up enough on this. Checo's a huge zero. Huge, huge zero. Huge. My second zero, Yuki Sonoda. Checo yeah. Jr. over here. I mean, he's following in, in Checo's footsteps at this point. And so he's a huge zero. Fighting for the points and just going to take himself out just like that. Huge blow to the team. So yeah. Yuki Sonoda. And my third zero, Aston Martin. 
yeah you got to figure something out like it's getting bad and so i know that they've they said that they kind of outperformed their expectations in the beginning of the year and now it's just kind of catching up to them but it's not looking good man it's not looking good you're gonna bad see, for business. Are, oh huge huge hugely bad for business uh yeah i have the exact same three zeros yep. yeah too easy <laughs> all right what do you got for heroes danny rick man danny rick seventh place me. finish six points awesome weekend all the way around hands down for the first time since coming back or actually for the first time in a long time you got to see a happy danny for the yep. entire weekend which is yep. awesome i think everybody loves to see that so yes very good um lando what what racecraft just tr- doing what lando does um it was awesome and then I'm going to throw this. This is a little curveball, but it deserves an honorable mention because they're usually only mentioned in Bad Blood. But the stewards were oh. oddly quiet the entire weekend, and it was wonderful to have all of those investigations during quality and then just kind of let it all go, let it race, not decide race day on, on Saturday. Like there, there just wasn't a lot of input from the stewards. It made for a very enjoyable weekend. I was quite happy to have them not, you know, sticking their nose into the, everything. It was. And you know what? It was, I didn't think about it, but the calls and the penalties that they did assess were justified. Yep. There wasn't much gray area where you're like, oh, I could have seen this go the other way. So yeah, very good. I didn't think about that, but they did a good job. Hats off to you guys. Because y'all right. been sucking lately. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on. <laughs> All right, so my my heroes, uh, I went a step up, and I did Alpha Tauri as a whole, and then on lap whatever I had to scratch Yuki off of that list. So Alpha Tauri as a whole minus Yuki Sonoda. Um, yeah. Again, you know, Danny did great. You already talked on that. The whole team, Alpha Tauri, they brought upgrades last week. Didn't really do as well this week. I think it was something to do with maybe the low or the high uh, elevation. Um, the track layout, I don't know what it was, but it was just clicking for Alpha Tower this week. I don't really expect it to continue, right? No. But, you know, good on them. Everything clicked and worked out this weekend. So I gave it to Alpha Tower as a whole. Norris, of course, man, some of his passes, the the pass, the little over under that he did on George Russell, gave him yep. the, the little rope of dope going to the outside and then cutting it in. That pass on Danny, oh my God. They that were Danny pass. How was. close were they? That was scary for a second, yeah, but they it kept it clean, and that was awesome. So, yeah, definitely Lando Norris. And I'm going to give my third hero award to DC because, uh, I don't know, for, for everybody that watches this on ESPN, the Sky Sports broadcast, you guys are missing out on some gold, right? And when I switched over, it was weird not listening to Martin Brundle and Crofty and them, but DC's commentary is phenomenal. He had some this weekend. He, said and he doesn't hold back either. It's hilarious. Oh, not at all. It, it's awesome. The, the things that he says. The one that really got me was when Yuki Sonoda uh, came over after his crash. And they're like, his engineer's like, Yuki, you're faster than the cars ahead. Yuki says, I don't need any more info. I don't need anything. And DC's like, you need to calm down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I was like, he's a hero. Because he had a couple more before that that were awesome. But that just sealed the deal. So I got DC uh, definitely. Alex there. said uh, the, a precipitous something or another. And DC was like, ooh, I love it when you use those big words <laughs> like that. And he's like, I 
I grew up in a town of three or a village of 300. I don't English good at all. And like, yeah, I think I wrote that one down too. He said, I didn't learn to spoke good when I was a children. Yeah. <laughs> I love DC it's like, so much. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, all right. Yeah, let's, do, let's go over our predictions and see uh, how, how those fared. Because I, I think we got a couple, but we didn't get all of them for sure. Yeah, I think I got one. All right. So uh i had on i think oh both of us had for our poll we both had max verstappen yeah so didn't work out there swinging a miss um my p3 i had hamilton and you had perez and so neither one of those worked p2 i had perez and you had hamilton so good on you there got that one and we both had max p1 so that worked yeah Got two uh your max kind of hosed you man your wild card was max would win by 20 plus seconds yeah he only went six seconds six yeah. seconds away and he could have ran away but he was operating on like level seven out there just having a good time yeah he was if if lewis would have started pushing harder maybe max would have turned it up a couple notches uh mine was sergeant into q2 and he didn't even get a time in q1 so that was <laughs> he didn't even get off. into qualifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so big swing and a miss there and he surprisingly dnf'd on the last lap because of a hydraulic issue with the brakes so he was one of the five dnfs which is crazy um yeah dude if if williams keeps this guy i want to have i want to root for him but sweet jesus can this guy do any less like so i've got and i want to talk about this i've got two predictions for next year my first prediction since you brought it up is i think that he will be i think williams is going to hang on to logan Sargent. i can't believe it i lose a little bit of respect for williams it kind of goes against common sense but then again also like switching and getting a new i don't know i think they'll keep him around um my other big prediction i just want to put this out there for next year because i i see it i see the writing on the wall and i think it's going to happen and i'm going to start off by saying that this prediction is going to be contingent on two criteria being met so my prediction is that for 2024 red bull is going to swap checo perez and danny ricardo yeah and the two conditions that i see being met or that have to be met for this is one if checo loses p2 in the constructors or if Lewis Hamilton gets within five points of Checo, because that's you know not good. I think Lewis is what twenty points behind at this point. Yeah. Um, if Lewis so, hadn't been DQ'd last week, Checo oh, yeah. would be in a lot of trouble. Yep. So if Lewis gets within five points or surpasses Checo in the drivers' championship, and if Danny Rick outscores Checo one more time this season, I think they'll swap them. And the reason is. She- Christian Horner has always been saying, we're going to keep Checo. He's our guy. Uh, report came out this week where Helmut Marco kind of said the same thing. He was asked again, and they're like, he said, how many times do I have to say this? He has a contract for next year. We intend on keeping it, right? They're going to keep him. They're going to keep his contract. They're just going to slide him down to Red Bull or Alpha Tauri. And the yeah. reason is, at this point, Checo has kind of become an embarrassment. He's a problem child. And he's drawing a lot of negative attention and tarnishing the good Red Bull name. And I think that it's starting to get to the point where it's becoming too much of a distraction. Um, and so I, I don't see it, man. I, I well, try to I give him the that, benefit of the doubt, but I don't know. And I think, I think that over. your constructors is up at is at risk with Checo in that seat. But yeah. I mean, 
there's that car is so fast and to have Lewis Hamilton knocking on the door about to pe- pass him and to have the McLarens as competitive as they are, you have to get rid of him. Yeah. If um, he starts out, the only reason they're doing so well or they did well for one max, but also Checo was doing really well at the beginning of the season. Yep. If he starts next year, the way he's finishing this year, he has no chance of being P2. Red Bull's in serious trouble with, you know, constructors. the constructors or potentially in serious trouble. So, yeah, I, th- I think a, a move is going to have to be made, and that is kind of a win-win. Keeping him in yep. the fold, they're keeping the the Mexican fan base, which is huge. It's massive for him. And Checo's and, a good driver. Yes. Put him in the Alpha Tauri, which is going to be, by all accounts, a redone RB19, and let him use his experience to help develop that car. It's a great yep. spot for him. He's a great, great driver. L- Less pressure. You know. It'll yep. be he'll be a number one driver. And saying this as a Danny Rick fan, I'm not convinced that it's a necessarily a positive move for Danny Rick either, because that second Red Bull seat is kind of like a poison chalice. They're like nice and pretty, everybody wants to be there, and then you get there and you realize like he's going to be going under these same issues that Checo yep. is right now. And so unless he gets in and immediately starts performing and continually performs, he's going to be having we're going to be having the same conversation next year with Danny Rick potentially. Um, but I think that Red Bull has to pull the trigger. Yeah, I agree. All right, Kurt. That's Ooh. all I got. Yeah, that was a that was a good one, man. I can't wait. We got Brazil coming up next. Another action-packed sprint weekend coming up this weekend. So it's gonna be hot and heavy. Getting on a plane, traveling down. Unfortunately, some things came up. You're not gonna be able to make it. Next year, though, we'll be there we do somewhere. Um, but, man, I can't wait for that. So we'll be back in a couple of days for the Brazilian Prediction Pod uh, right before I board my plane and take the long trip down to South America. Um, other than that, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend. And I think that's going to be it for this one. So on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.